Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's the final weekend of Grade 1 action before Cheltenham. It's a very busy one as well. Good cards at Ascot, Haydock and Wincanton. There's also the rescheduled Super Saturday card from Newbury. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. We did most of it last week. Well, uh, Lots to get through though today. And to help me go through it is, of course, the big man James Watson. How are we doing, pal? Doing very well. Um... I've not really got much to add since since the other day's episode of Jocked Off. I hope you've all listened to that and really enjoyed it. Um, we have so much fun making them, so hopefully you enjoy them just as much listening to them. And I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I know we've got the rescheduled card on Sunday um, of the Betfair Hurdle meeting, which it's a nice bonus to have on the Sunday. It was like the bonus of having the good racing on a Monday, um, seeing All Mankind run. And of course, you've got the uh, the Ascot Chase and the Rendlesham taking centre stage at Haydock. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Really, yeah, it should be good, mate. You just mentioned the card at Warwick on Monday as well. All mankind, obviously the big name there, staking his claim for the Arkle. I mean, he'd already staked it to be fair, but impressive once again in in beating Sky Pirate. That was probably the Standout performance of the past week. Ellie May as well getting the job done in the opera hat. She's now fav for the Mayor's Chase. Now that Benny Dejeur is out of the festival, Jim, anything to talk about briefly on them? Um, not really. Ellie May was quite impressive in the end. It, it looked slightly workmanlike at one stage, but um, got the job done. And of course, it's sad that Benny Dejeur's not gone into the festival, but as long as her well-being and everything is all good, that's all that matters, really. Yeah, I mean, we, we could go down a deep rabbit hole if it was a, if it was a bit of a week, a bit of a week, a weekend of action, couldn't we? On that, you know, it's it's a really, really interesting story. There's a lot we could talk about. Although Davy Russell out of the festival, the one thing I take away from All Mankind is I had a man on Twitter tell me yesterday that All Mankind doesn't operate at Cheltenham. <laughs> that's that? a lie. That's just a lie, isn't it? That's just a lie. He's in his third in a triumph. He's won round there. You know, it's, it's it's baffling. And look, people are entitled to opinions and that. But that's that's a bad one. If you're listening to that, the person who tweeted me that, uh, yeah, blatantly wrong. He goes well at Cheltenham. Don't think he's good enough to win this circle. But I think he'd have won the last two. I'd already take him to beat Put the Kettle on or Duke de Genève. Mm. Good horse, Jim. The Ackles going to be mint this year. Uh, I'm waffling. We'll start with another novice chase. So, a little bit of a different end of the speed spectrum is the Reynolds Town. Uh, the big breakaway, obviously, was meant to be going for this, but taken out on account of the ground. So, we currently have a field of Severano, Fullback, Remastered, Hurricane Harvey, Kaluke, and Dimachine. I need to get prices up. Or do you have them up, Jim? Because mine yeah. are clearly, yeah. the ones I currently have are clearly from uh, before the big names were taken out. Well, do you, do you have seven to one the field? <laughs> I do have seven to one. I have seven to one the field in a six-one race. Which we could really be dreaming about. Do you want me to run through them? Go on, mate. We have Severano heading the market at three to one, with fullback Justin behind at fours, remastered at nine to two, Hurricane Harvey at fives. With Kaluki at thirteen to two and rank outsider Demachine at thirteen to two as well. Fair enough, Jim. Where where are you angling for here, mate? Now the Reynolds Town's normally a race that 
chase experience really matters and counts. And the last 12 winners have all had at least two starts uh, over fences. And this that sort of stats fits the whole of the field, which is always nice to see. And it's not necessarily a, a, a course that requires form round there. Um, Ascot's a very fair track and uh, you look at the last winners and you've got some big galloping sorts Copperhead, Mr. Uh, Mr. Malarkey Black Court and, and a horse that I think fits this sort of category is fullback um, he's had three chase starts so far two wins uh, he's a very very strong stayer he jumps quite overly big but, and sometimes gets it a bit wrong but when he gets it wrong he sort of fiddles his way over it um, he's the horses have been running very well for Gary Moore in the last couple of days. He's got 10% strike rate in the last 14 days, which doesn't sound that amazing. But the, the amount of placed horses that he's had in there um, is 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 been quite impressive, to be honest. And, and I, I'm looking to take Severano on here. I know he's a £7 higher on official ratings than fullback, but I feel like fullback's got a slight bit more progression. Um, I, I feel like they've been waiting to get him over a fence, and now that he is going chasing, that is that will bring out a lot more uh, improvement in him. And we've seen him do that this season. And I think you're going to have to stay really, really well in this race. And the ground is going to be a, a, a big sort of stat to possibly put the opposition off, which I have slight worries with here. Um, but fullback for me stays very strongly. Um, he's won over, uh, one round three mile two at Plumpton. That's a sharper three mile two. So it shows he has got a bit of speed as well. But last time out, he showed he was an out and out galloper. He did jump out to his left sometimes, which going round Ascot could be a slight worry. But I'm, I'm willing to put that in place that I think a, a, a positive ride by Josh Moore, pushing him from the front, working him for every fence. I think that four to one could be a fair enough price about him at this moment in time. I respect Severano at the head. I, I can't say he's done a lot wrong, and he was a horse I really, really liked as a novice. He was he was a nearly horse almost. He he kept running really, really well, and, and slightly disappointing. And um, his chase starts. They they found a bit of room to wiggle with with in in the handicap novice chases, and he's worked with that really well. And last time at Newbury, he made a few errors and was slightly disappointed and plodded on in the end and I think that was a decent race last time but he'd need to step up uh, for me to be winning this and I just didn't think he was worth his place at the head of the market I can see that I agree completely with what you say about this being a race that's going to take a hell of a lot of staying you know the ground's going to be bad it's it's not a great grade two you know I'd, I'd be surprised if any of these ended up being better than good handicappers I'm a little bit disappointed in the way the market's reformed itself as well. Uh, after final declarations. Because the one that initially caught my eye was the 14s about Dimachine. He's a best price sixes now. That, and to me that was because of the disparity between him and Severano. You know, they are still double the price of each other. But sevens and 14s to me is a little bit more attractive than a threes and sixes. You know, Demachine finished ahead of uh, Severano last time out in Newbury, admittedly, with Severano coming out better on the weights. That was a good race, so, you know, Peyton the Dream ran really, really well in the Silly Isles. Dickie Diver's going to be a good horse uh, when we see him out again next. Two wins earlier in the season in what looked like strong, competitive novice handicaps. 
Uh, so novice Herder, his final start was a, was a second place finish behind Al Nadam, who's done really well this season as well. Won at Sandown earlier in the month. <sighs> there shouldn't have been seven points between him and Severano, and now there's only three. And I'm not sh- quite sure whether that swings me back towards Severano's way at the prices. If I was to look at the three of them, it's a look. It's like I say, it's a very, very tight field. You're going three to one, Fab, and the outsiders thirteen to two. Bugger all between them. Uh, I can also see the suiting remastered, who I think is a very, very slow horse, and he's made a good start over fences. You know, two out of two, admittedly, neither of them in in great races. Although chasing debut at Carlisle. There were a few horses who, out, who weren't mugs in behind him. You know, Champagne, well, isn't a horse I particularly rate for Fergal O'Brien, but he's rated around 140. B is a nice enough type for Venetia Williams. Elster Ray was getting placed in graded company last season, albeit in that uh, really, really, really bad grade two at Kelso. He beat all them first time up. Then he won a match at Weatherby. But I think he wants a sterner test of stamina. He's a very, very typical brocade racing type of horse. Uh, and I could see this playing to his strengths. <laughs> He's probably just about swings the pick now. Now that the price is, isn't there for Demachine, you know, if you could if you could get eight or nines about Demachine, I'd be rather keen. But I, I don't think the I don't think the disparity uh, of three points between him and the favourite Severano is enough for me to want to get involved there. Uh, I don't have much more else to say about this race, Jimmy. I don't think it will have much of an impact on anything in open grade company this time next season. No. Yeah. You could probably see more of the runners going in this towards the Natalon Chase rather than the the former RSA. Yeah, although given that uh, how hard a race the National Lunch Chase normally is, I wouldn't want to be giving them a hard time here either. No. No, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be for me. This this card notoriously produces no winners at Cheltenham ever. Yeah, yeah. You look at last season. Copperhead won this race, didn't he? Uh, he disappointed at the festival. Um, Ascot Chase is not necessarily a race for bigger targets, is it? It's normally a sort of a that is their big day race. Yeah, exactly, mate. You said. It's, it's something to uh, bear in mind when thinking about the, how this form we'll see on Saturday correlates to Cheltenham anyway. Uh, moving on to the 225, the Betfair Swindley Chase. At the currently bet best prices, 5 to 1, 5 uh, Jerry's back, 11 to 2, not a chance, although this is second preference. Uh, he's up at Haydock as well in the national trial. 13 to 2, Cobo Lobo. 9's Regal Encore and Captain Chaos, 10's Yaltari Musical Slave, 11's Cap Course, 12's New Tide Hill 16, 16's Cloudy Glen and 33 to 1 Sub Lieutenant. Uh, Jim, you were really keen on Musical Slave for the Sky Bet, so I assume it's the same plan again here. Yeah, um, his jumping was a bit shabby last time, um, which I was slightly disappointed with. Again, Richard Johnson goes for the stable companion Jerry's back, which means... Uh, he likes him more than Musical Slave. Tom O'Brien gets on uh, here, and he rode him at Haydock when he was third behind Caribbean Boy, a form of that maybe isn't looking as strong as what it did before. Um, but I, I, like I said with Musical Slave, I thought it was a bit of a plot last time, and I was quite disappointed in the way it finished. Um, it, was, it, it was too early to say, 
um, whether he was beat. He was plugging on, and he sent Richard Johnson to the moon, really. And if I fancied him last time, I have to fancy him again this time. I still think a mark of 137 is really, really fair about him. If his jumping's a lot better, I think he's got a, a really, really good chance. And it's a race where there's a few in it where you can sort of make your case. And I think the f- musical slave at 10s is, is probably where I'm going to be sticking with. I can see that, mate. I can see that completely. Uh, again, my, my initial reaction to looking at this field was there might be a fair bit of value further down the market. But the more I looked into it, the more I kind of came to the conclusion that Jerry's back is probably the one they all have to beat and he's the right favourite. You know, Ascot, really, really decent form here. Third in the Silver Cup uh, last season behind Regal Encore and acting last. Third on his reappearance at this track in the race won by Dashwell Dash of Benny's King in uh, finishing second there, splitting that pair. That was... I think quite a quite a decent race uh, for the grade. You know, competitive. The first two are obviously taking part in the grade one later on the card. Jerry's back's here off the exact same mark, one four two. Obviously, he's not won since 2018, but his peak form uh, would show him to be better than a one four two horse. You know, from his novice days, ran a good race here in the in the Noel Novices Chase, where he got to within a length and a half of vindication. Little Rockefeller, Count Merrybell in behind. They're fair on him. You know, Little Rockefeller's better than a fair animal. I mean, he's a hurdler rather than a chaser, but Count Merrybell's an old mug. <laughs> Generally, he's been good more often than he's been bad recently. He's a horse who had his pro- who's had his problems. But when I look down the field here, there isn't much that really strikes me. Cobal Oboe's been having a good year, but... He's definitely on a career-high mark and hasn't been taking part in races anywhere near as good as this. You know, I, f- I think this will require a clear career best from him from his current rating. Regal on call, look, this is the sort of race he just wins. He probably has won this race in the past without checking off the top of my head. It's the sort of race he probably will have won. Has he won it? Yeah, he did in 2018. <laughs> so you can, you can exactly see him going well again. 150s are probably steep enough mark for him, but he's, you know, these are the circumstances that see him to his best. If there were no such thing as female handicap chasers in Ascot, he'd never have got to a mark of 150 anyway. Uh, I can I can see your point about Musical Slave. I can see it, and I don't think he's a silly bit at 10s. I'm a massive fan of Captain Chaos, but he's just not been very good this season. You know, he was really, really well supported at Warwick last time after doing nothing before that. And it was a step back in the right direction. But again, he needed a massive step up for it this season. His overall record, to be fair, even as a big fan of him, is generally patchy enough. Uh, and I'm a fan of him mainly because I find him entertaining rather than because I think he's, you know, good and hardy. Uh, away from that, yeah, not, not much else. Hill, Hill 16 started this season rather well. You know, won at Foslas over fences, then uh, went back down and won over hurdles at Newbury, but just so bad in the Tommy Whittle. Probably worth giving him another chance. Best price 12s, if you can forgive the one run. I could see where the case would be made for him there, although again, this would need a clear career best. 
I'm, I'm making caveats about about them, a lot of them, Jim, and it's not a race I'd be particularly confident about anything, but Jerry's back would get the tentative vote for me. Just a quick question about Jerry's back. Do you think that he's slightly tripless? Uh, I can see why you'd say that. I think he gets free. I think he gets free fine. Uh, he's, he's a sort of horse who generally has appeared to like do most of his best work at the finish recently. You know what I mean? And, and, and he's looked half a yard slow over two and a half and over three. But no, I'd, I'd, I'd be confident this will suit him. It's not something that I'd, I'd go my way to say. Mm. Is that a yeah, worry for you? Yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's the only worry for me. I think JP McManus will probably have the winner of this race. He's, he has Jerry's back, Regal Encore, Musical Slave, uh, Cat Course. So he's got four darts in the race, and I, th- I think I think one of them four will win. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. As we move on to the three o'clock, which is a Betfair Cheltenham free bet pot builder handicap hurdle. Although I shouldn't really be giving them a shout out, seeing as though they stole my fucking tweet. Uh, Arrivederci. Six to one five. 13 to 2, Gladiator LA, 9th Pylon, 10th Goodman Park, Malaya, 11th Cates and Stolen Silver, 12th Don Levon, Albert's back, 14th Kapage Kid Commando, 16th Shannon Bridge, Lammy Surge, 20th Chitty Balco, 25th Tebow, 33 to 1, Kaiser Jim, 6 to 1, the, six to one the field here, opportunities. Yeah, really, really interesting race. Uh, Gladiator Allen makes his handicap debut. And this is a step down in trip of what he ran over last time over the course at two mile six uh, in a novice hurdle. I was really impressed with how he did that. And he had nice form behind Matinal, who's since come up, uh, come out at Exeter and backed that form up in a nice novice. Carl Philippe as well has also uh, been going well and he won at Exeter as well the other day. So the form of that race is really, really solid in my opinion. And... Um, the step down in trip is a slight worry for me. Going back down to two mile three, I thought two mile five was um, more for him, and maybe even three miles in time would, would be more up his street. He stayed on really strongly, and the last couple of times when he's been down in trip, I just felt like he's just lost that bit of speed, and the more he galloped, the better he got. Sorry, um, and. <laughs> that's a slight worry for me in a race like this. I know it's going to be very well run, probably. There's a lot of pace on around, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why they've gone for this option. But for me, it's a slight worry at this moment in time. It, it could hold up on this handicap, Mark, because I think a work of 131 is very, very fair. Um, he got put up £9 for that last win, which they could have picked up a nice handicap, but they went for the novice route instead, giving him a bit more experience. And Chester Williams is £5. Greatly appreciated in this. The horse who I quite like is Pylon, and he's had two runs over chases so far this season, and he's been absolutely awful. He's jumped horrendously, and I'm quite happy that they've reverted back to hurdles. Um, this is what makes him more of interest now. He was second in the Martin Pipe last year, and went on a nice sequence of wins. Um, he, he beat Malistic and Republican in a nothing race at Foss last, but Malistic's a fairly decent sort. And he ran fourth behind Chantry House at Cheltenham. And it, Pipe Smoker was in there who I think would have won today if he hadn't have 
uh, made such an error at the last and Chantry House, we know what he's gone on to and Stolen Silver hasn't been a too bad a horse for uh, Sam Thomas this season either. So I, I, th- I think if he finds anything of his hurdles form, he'll be right back into this. He's £5 uh, higher than when finishing second in the Martin Pipe at Cheltenham. But I thought that was a really, really good run and, and worthy to be uh, marked up in the handicap for that. He, he was just nabbed late on and indefatigable come absolutely flying. I, I think in this 9-1 to is a fair enough price about him and Gladiator, Allen and Pylon would probably be my two to go to war for in this. I think it's interesting that Albert's back's back in here uh, after falling the other day at Weatherby after falling at the first, sorry. Um, he's been on a good run of form this year over this sort of trip. He, he won a nice race at Haydock and won as well at Weatherby. He's a horse I've got a lot of time with uh, for and with David Bass on board. I, I, he's sort of, Albert's back's a horse that normally likes to be held up and David Bass, as we all know, likes to roll along from the front. So it'd be interesting to see what tactics to go with there. Um, and Aravadurchi has been running really, really well this year and uh, went off favourite for the fixed brush. Well, the race before the fixed brush, sorry. And won at Weatherby beating Warlord. A second to Craig Neath was quite good last time. A few of the runners that are in this were, were in behind him that day. Um, but I feel like the handicap has just got a grip of him now. And I, I feel like there could probably Gladiator Allen and pile on. There's probably more room in the handicap uh, for them to be a bit closer here. I think Aaron Verducci is a right favourite. He's generally been very good this season. His form over course and distance last time, like you said, had several of these in behind. Probably bumped into one that, well, he did bump into one that was very, very, very well handicapped. Uh, the one I don't mind at a price is a horse who I think, again, is. I might be having a bit of a theme here of just picking the slowest horse in the race every time. Uh, but Stolen Silver at 11 to 1 has been over fences this season. Not managed to win in three stars, but I don't think he's any worse a chaser than he is a hurdle. The first time up had a, uh, had El Dorado Allen and Stormy Island in front of him. That was at uh, Newton Abbott Zanza in behind as well. That was the first really good, no, well, not really good, but, you know, several 140s plus types taking each other on all the fences of the season. Zanza then refersed form with him at Warwick. All mankind absolutely murdered them both. To be fair, and then he was admittedly disappointing at Bangor on his next start when he was turned over at odds on. But <laughs> it's not it's not regressive from his hurdles form. I think all the ability is still there. Took a great tool last season at Haydock on really heavy ground where he just got the better of Edward Stone and the Banner King Rebel. Edward Stone's having a decent season, you know, he won last time out at Market Raisin. Off one four one, the Banneking Rebel uh, ran fairly well in the in that Welsh Champion Hurdle form that I'm absolutely obsessed with. Uh, before going over fences as well, so I think for the level, it was an all right race. Cor- I mean, well, it wasn't an all right race to the level. It was a bad grade too, but it was an all right race corresponding to this level. If that makes more sense, that that's kind of what I meant when I uh, just worded it fairly poorly. You know, eighth in the Betfair hurdle last season. I, I just kind of get the feeling that the step up in furlong, that the step up in 
three furlongs over hurdles might be, might just be what he wants. She's not quick for a two mile. I, you know, I wouldn't be worried if Sam Fister Davis was scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. But the way this race might present itself, I think, would really suit him. At a double figure price, I can have him. I, I, yeah, I can have him. I think he's got a chance. What do you make of Lammy Surgeon here, mate? Good luck he's, to see him back. He's fast, fascinating, isn't he? Um, he's a funny horse to sort of put in here. He, that uh, long walk race where he was second was was not exactly the best and he was sort of taught a lesson, lesson in the cleave. He's been quite an up and down horse and I think two mile four was where the best of his form probably came in that entry hurdle and nowadays maybe he wants three miles a bit more. Um, it, it, I, I sort of, I want him to run well because it was a horse I really, really used to like and um, I don't think he'll be winning this, but it's nice to see him back. Yeah, good lad, Lammy Serge. 11 years of age now, the old boy. Feels like he's from a completely different generation to some of these. Uh, but it's stolen silver for me, mate. And for me, it's going to be pile on, but I'm wary of Gladiator Allen. And the feature race of the weekend is a grade one at Ascot. It is the Ascot Chase at 3.35. And the best price is 4 to 5 now, surname. To beat Master Tommy Tucker at 100 to 37s, Dashel Drasher, 9s, Benny's King, 18s, Riders on the Storm. And Jim, I'll let you start with this because you're a big fan of Master Tommy Tucker. Do you think he gets the job done here? I'm not entirely sure. Um, this is another step up, and he's a horse I have got a lot of time for, and I thought he'd have a race like this in him somewhere. But I'm just wary of him in, in a race of this nature. There's a, a, a lot of pace on paper that he's registered to be down in this and that necessarily might not suit him um, but it might not suit the others in the race as well we know that Surname likes to go forward and that's when we've seen him at his best we uh, saw him win this race in 2019 absolutely blitzing him um, however then we saw him running this in 20 uh, in last year sorry and he looked absolutely punch drunk coming to the last, and he, he, he of course, fell. Um, he, he was really, really good in the Charlie Hall, and, and it was a race where I thought he wasn't going to be that good. And he wowed me, really, with it. He, he, he punched all the doubters out and got the job done well. In the King George, I've got a feeling Kempton's just not a race course for him. I, I know he has one round there before in the Pendle, uh, going right back and, and he won the wayward lad but he just never seemed at home going round there and I don't know it just didn't seem for him in my opinion um, Master Tommy Tucker is another one who will go up with the pace and as I said I am a big fan of him but his jumping is so perfect barring two or three jumps every race he'll get in deep to a couple um, it's interesting Daryl Jacobs on board um, maybe a, a t- maybe that's what the Tommy Tucker needs—a fresh jockey every time. Uh, so that he, well, he's, he's so unpredictable. But um, I think in a race like this, where he'll be challenged to the lead by Dashiell Drasher, he might slightly struggle to go the tempo. Um, well, not go the tempo, but put his inch-perfect jumping to the test throughout the race. Dashiell Drasher has been doing really, re- really well this season. He won that graduation chase with two nice rivals in behind, and he won that handicap 
just staying on in the end. So we know he gets the course and distance form. That's a massive positive. Does he have the class to be stepping up into this company? I'm not entirely sure. He was found out a couple of times um, at hurdle level, um, which slightly worries me stepping into this. Benny's king, he's, you, you'd have to sort of put him in this after Dashiell Drashy ran so well uh, in the handicap last time. But for me, it's not for, he's not for me at all. And Riders on the Storm, who won this race last year, and has not really done an awful lot since. And his third in the Schler was awful. His third behind in the Sylvan Yarko wasn't showed nothing to make me think that he'd get closer to Master Tommy Tucker. He's sort of on the regressive now. I know he's only eight and there's a lot of progression to, to come, but I just can't be having him at 20-1. to one. Um, I think the race is between the Nichols horses. The market's got this probably right. I'm not Surname's biggest fan, but if Surname's going to win a big race this season, it's going to be this. And I think I'm going to side with him. Oh, mate, I disagree with you. And I think my napcock might come in this race. I do not understand. Well, I understand why, because obviously, you know, at his best, he should absolutely slaughter these. But surname hasn't produced his best since this race two seasons ago. You can spin it that way. The, his defeat of Altio, was that the defeat of a regressive horse? You know, to be fair, I don't think it was. But you could certainly spin it that way. Uh, taking that away, though, well below his best in the King George last season. Was bad there. Was very bad in this race last year. OK, won the Charlie Hall. Fair enough. Did it very, very smoothly. Bad race full of handicappers and horses who were retired. The King George this year, very bad. You are you have an odds-on favourite who has been well below form on three of his last four starts. The second favourite is a horse called Master Tommy Tucker, who's generally been enjoying a great year, has won three times, put over 30 lengths between himself and the third favourite in this race earlier in the season on similar enough ground at Haydock Park. I think he I think he wins this. I really think Master Tommy Tucker will win this. Mm-hmm. I understand what you say about Dashiell Drasher and him going at it from the front, but I don't think Master Tommy Tucker's a a weak stayer at this trip. I think he gets free no problem. And therefore that, that leads me to suggest if him and Master Tommy Tucker, if him and Dashiell Drasher go at it from a long way out, you know, they go hammer and tongs at each other. I fancy Master Tommy Tucker to outlast Dashiell Drasher. And do you not think Surname will go forward as well? Because we saw him in the Caspian Caviar when he ran. He led until the first two fences off top of my head. And then he seemed to just get a bit lost. Now, if he doesn't... I'm not saying that he needs to lead, but I think he's more at home if he's leading. Not Master Tommy Tucker? Yeah. Yes, I... <sighs> I'd, I prefer him ridden from the front, but the Caspian Caviar was such a bizarre race that 
it's in in form terms, it's not one I put too much credence into. You know, I think I think a lot of horses underperformed there for no apparent reason, and the winner, whilst did it, you know, he absolutely strung them out. His manner of victory there almost signified to me, you know, that it was a it was a it was a bizarre race. With won by a bizarre distance, stringing a set of horses out who I wouldn't be confident would fill the same places if we ran the race again tomorrow. Right. You know, it's a relevant point. It's a very relevant point. But I'd be ha- I'd be happy enough just to ignore it. Look, it's it's not a great grade. It's not a great grade one. It isn't. It's a better race than it was last season, by yeah. a mile. You know, and certainly, you know, again, was getting his ass handed to him in that. I, I, I was a surname believer as well after the, uh, after the Charlie Hall to a degree, but I think the form of that has worked out poorly. To a to a degree, vindication has done fine. I right has done well. But what price would they be, you know, to win a grade on over three miles? None of them would come close. So, again, he's, he's beaten good handicappers, as he's entitled to have done, at his best form. I feel like Surname really, really needs to be on his game to win this. And I don't want to back him at odds on to be on his game. Against mm. probably... He'll need to run his best race since he beat Altior. If Master Tommy Tucker's on his game. Yeah, I can see that, but I've just got a feeling if there is going to be a time where he bounces back, it will be in this race. It looked like he was going to do that last season, to be fair. He couldn't have asked for an easier penalty kick last season. Mm. I can, I can it, see that. And it was sort of, oh, to be fair, with him being pulled up in the King George, maybe that's a little bit better than him, you know, plugging and stumbling round Kempton as he did last season, you know, for no, no, I mean, you know, obviously Kate finishing second in the King George, it's not like it's a bad thing. But in terms of uh, going on for the rest of the season, it was of no benefit to Surname to, you know, plug round and pointlessly try and chase on Fandes Oboe when he clearly didn't look like himself. Maybe in pulling up, actually, is a better prep. Yeah, it's not something you'd say, but you, you could understand that. He was bad though. He was bad at Kempton, and I don't. I. I can forgive a horse, one or two runs like that. A pattern's emerging with surname. I think he's been bad more often than he's been good recently. And like I said, against a rival who I've, you know, who is has ability at Grade One level, who has the ability to win a race like this. Uh, and I'd much rather back Master Tommy Tucker at 100 to 30 than back surname at odds on. But you're siding with the Fav, Jim. I am. It's normally the other way around. I know, it's a bit of a shocking this, really, isn't it? Yeah. Jim going for the odds on shot and me going for Master Tommy Tucker. Jesus Christ, it's like Freaky Friday. Uh, anything on the uh, the others, Jim, by the way, we, we all like Dash or Drasher. Uh, merits a crack at this, but needs to step up once again. Similar comments apply to Benny King and riders on the Stomps on note this year, like you said. Yeah, I, I echo all that.
Uh, oh, Elsa Lascott. The, Olympian, the Olympians in the first against Gally Hill. Um, people know I've been banging on about this horse for so long. His two-year-old career was really good. He's been off since then, injured. He's back here. Um, he might struggle to keep up with Gally Hill because he's apparently a bit of a machine in two miles. Um, last time seemed a bit sharp. He's up, he's up in trip here. He's interesting. It's a nice little race. That one true king's in that. He's been on a nice little run of races this season in Midnight River. Um, who was fourth in the Leamington Spa. So, um, a nice little race, that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Drashon Ruby's in that, the sister to uh, Dashiell Drashu, who uh, got slight flashbacks of a big market move on last time. Uh, I think she might run better. I think the return to better ground. Other than that, that's about it. Fair enough, Jim. We'll move over then. To Haydock, the first at Haydock, we're not going to go into a discussion about it, but it's quite a tidy race. Bold Plan, who obviously turned over the big breakaway at Exeter on his last start. He's 11-4, to giant fav to win that with Marone and Nicky Richards, who was second in the uh, race. That's normally the Alt Car. Is it? It's got a sponsored name now, but the Alt Car, uh, the grade two behind Silver Hallmark there. Uh, at the last Haydock meeting. That's a tidy little affair. Uh, but the first race we will talk about is the Rendlesham at 2.05. On the blind side, and itchy your feet. Three to one joint fives to be Emmett on fives. Lisnagar, Oscar and Main Fact eights. Third win, 12s. 16s, Bally Optic. And 66 to one for Donna's Diamond. Uh, Jim, are you leaning here, mate? Well, I'm looking to set the, the, the market leaders on with on the blind side, and itchy your feet. On the blind side has had a really, really good season. But I just feel like he just lacks that little bit of edge to win. I know he showed a bit of it in that Cheltenham handicap first time out this season, but I just feel like I want something else from him to, to prove to me that he's a proper, proper solid horse. I know he's second to McFabulous in the rail keel. Probably should have told me that, but he's a favourite that I, every time he keeps heading these sorts of markets, I look to take him on because I think he's a bit, I think he's just a bit weak towards the finish. I, and James Bowen's a, a very power-packed jockey in the, in the finish, and I think he might get on with him. It's the first time he rides him, but if for this, I'm looking to take him on. Itchy feet's the same. He's, he's been jumping uh, fences of recent recent times, and obviously the peak of that was the silly hours, but his jumping behind Dashiell Drasher in that graduation was awful. Um, he's a, I'm glad that they're campaigning him over hurdles now, but I think... I think there's a there's a worry, but just coming back, he's going to have to be on his A game with uh, sort of the sub tier of the Stayers Hurdle division. Emmett on the same opinion of that. He's uh, had two chase starts and he's not really been that good. He didn't jump them with much fluency or or, or an impression to give me that uh, he was a chaser. Um, he won this race last year though, and he was then went on to be fourth in the Stayers. <laughs> Just because of his price, I think he's a bit of a scumbag each way about at five to one. I think that's a fair enough price about him. I'm willing to give him one more chance because he he had all the potential in the world after finishing second to champ in that uh, do in the second. Um, I know he was well beaten in the rail keel, but I, I feel like three miles round Haydock he's more more up his street, and I, I, I'm glad that they're they're going back over hurdles with him, and hopefully. He can run a nice race. I think five to one's a, an interesting each way price. I know it's slightly scumbaggy for people who listen to it who 
who don't like backing horses that much. But I think he's fair enough to get your money back if he gets placed. The horse I'm going to side with is a horse that you like for handicap at Lewis, uh, at the festival, Lewis. And we, we talked about him the other week. I, I think I'm willing to give third wind another chance here. Um, he's fifth behind Paisley Park in the long walk. I thought was quite good. He, he, he stayed on fairly strongly because he's a horse that I've not exactly thought he's the strongest to stay is, but his second behind main fact here was fairly decent, to be honest. And, I know he reversed the form with third with main fact in the long walk last time, and I know there was a difference at the weights in the what used to be the fixed brush, but I feel like he's still on the improve, and I think he's getting better with his races. He's still fairly likely raced for a seven-year-old. Um, he's gone through the handicap route, just on that fifth. In the long walk, I think he's got a serious chance in this. Uh, and I think he's slightly overpriced because I know possibly on handicap ratings, he's got to find another £9. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's not without doing that. He's been showing small progressions throughout the season. What handicap race do you like him for again, Lewis? Uh, I've put him up in my racing tips column for the attempts. He's a best price for He's the best price I, I 33 agree. to 1 all in. But you, you can get 25s done with an all bet. I've backed him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair enough about him as well. But in a race that's fairly weak like this, and I know I'm saying that's a weak race with Liz Nagar Oscar in, who won the stage hurdle last year. Main fact, who's been on an absolute roll, and same as uh, on the blind side. There's a few question marks about the others Itchy Feet, Emmy Tom. Um, He's, he's got the beating of me, in fact, once in, in this sort of company. I just think 12 to 1 is a slightly big price about him, and I think I might just be siding with Third Wind here. Emmy Tom's, Emmy Tom's the, also an each way bet, but at the prices, I think Third Wind 12 is, is, is very fair. Yeah, I'll talk about Third Wind for the potential because it's a, it's a bet I have made, and I've put him up in my column. His current OR is one four six, which I think is generally fair. He was fourth in the attempts last season. That was a really good race. You'll have Sire de Burley and the Storyteller running in the stairs this season. The Storyteller's won a grade one this year. Sire de Burley's won a grade two. The third that day was two a Permi, who you know is a mid one fifties level uh, chaser, was also has also been placed in a grade one this season. He was taking advantage of a mark about £20 below over hurdles. So really, of of the horses who hadn't already shown form in graded company or gone on to show that form, Third Wind has come out the best of them. You know, ran well in a attempt to qualify a first time up at Newbury, not given the hardest time in the world, finished fifth there. Then second behind main fact in the old fixed brush, which was a fine, fine renewal. And again, reasonable enough effort fifth in the long walk nowhere near as good as Paisley Park or Time Hill or Oxano what says to me he's still performing at a good level you know he's been raised two pounds to finish in fifth which although you know might look slightly harsh on paper he's probably you know, an illustration of yeah he was better than a 144 horse I think he is still a threat of 146 if he won him in the attempts so for that reason I hope he doesn't run well here <laughs> Because <laughs> it's ruined my scumbag plot, but yeah, 25's non-run and all bet, 33's all in if you want a bit of that. 
I think it's a cracking price. I don't think there's anything in the contemporary season that looks, you know, as obviously plotty as Sayer de Burley or obviously as, you know, proven form as uh, the storyteller of two-way Permi. I probably missed several words out there when I was trying to talk, but I hope you understand what I'm on about. Uh, the one I'm going to put up here is, is a horse I've, I, I, I napped last, last time he ran, and I'll probably be with him again. It's on the blind side. What a complete 180 I've done on this horse after calling him a bottler and saying he jumps like a wardrobe uh, last season. He's been brilliant this year. Back over hurdles, though. I don't like him as a chaser. He's lethargic. He doesn't. He looks confused when he sees a fence. Seems to take him ages to get from A to B. You know, this seems to come a lot more naturally to him over the small over the smaller obstacles. Improved with almost every start this season. The second behind McFabulous in the rail keel is the strongest piece of form from any of these recently. It got the job done again. Last time out where he beat Little Rockefeller in a fantastic battle up the running. They put clear of Keeper Hill, who I don't think he's a mug either. Uh, this is his to lose. This is his to lose for me. Itchy feet. I can kind of see why they're dropping him back down in trip. The form line with Dash or Dasher could look very decent, you know. And again, the splitting of Imperial Aura and Real Steel. He's fine enough. But I, I'd never looked at this horse and thought, yeah, you're a staying hurdler. So, I'm happy enough to uh, overlook him even though he's at the top of the betting. Emmy Tom. He's look, Emmy Tom was fourth in the stairs last season. Which I, which I almost completely, you know, forgot. It's out of my head. But I feel like he's beatable at this level, you know, mid 150s horse. That's about where he is. I don't think he's ever particularly overpriced. Uh, he's capable of winning this. Perfectly capable of winning this. But again, it's 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 one that doesn't particularly stand out to me as an as an outstanding bet. Uh, main fact, I don't think he's good enough at this level. The old ones, the Snigar Oscar Jim. What do you make of him? Eight to one about the reigning stairs hurdle champion. Maybe we might look very, very silly. Yeah. Well, I thought he shaped rather well at Weatherby, and he wasn't awful at Newbury either. They they travelled fairly well, I thought, and then just didn't last home. He's had wind surgery again, which I think makes sense given the way he was running. I'd rather. Again, you're taking you're taking a little bit on trust, but Everton's not been great over fences this year either. So again, I'd rather about losing a guy Oscar at eight to one, and it'd be him and on the blind side the two for me. Yeah, I'm glad that they've gone for this race instead of running him off top weight round in a potential handicap. I'm glad that they've not done that because that slog on Monday would have been, or it might have even been Tuesday. I can't, or it could have even been Sunday. All the days are the same now. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't go for that engagement. He's not a horse that I necessarily have, have enjoyed the way he travels into the race. I, I think he's quite a hard ride to, to sort of be. And Adam Wedge gets on really, really well with him. And Sean Bowie, no offence to him, 
who has ridden him a couple of times, even to victory in most of them. I just feel like Adam Wedge has the key to him. And he's a tricky ride to get right. I, I think he's more tricky now than he was in his earlier career. Um, I can't... I can, I, I, I've not been at all impressed in what he's done so far in his two starts this year. So for me, I, 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 he's, I can't be having him. Fair enough, buddy. Fair enough. Uh, the Grand National Trail, mate. Interesting run again here. As per usual for a Grand National Trail, uh, there's only two horses that are even entered in it, and one of them's definitely not going to get in. So please change the name of the race. It makes no sense, and it never has. And I hate calling races trial. You know what I mean? It's It almost demeans them somewhat. Although, again, that's another thing that... That's just a minor gripe. It doesn't affect anyone's day-to-day life. And I should learn to be a happier man. Uh, not a chance. 7-2 to two favourite. What a fitting name. 5-1, uh, the two amigos. 6s and cards. 7 Sojourn. 15-2, to two, Lord Dumini. 10 Keel And Potter's Legend. 14 Perfect Candidate. And Ramsey's Detay. Slow boats here, Jimmy who wins. I'm going to turn the question around to you. You love a slow boat. I'll, I'll listen to what you say first, because people will probably know what I'm going to say. Uh, the fav is the right fav. Not a chance. I I thought he was a poor bet when he went among the uh, classic chase last time, where he beat Akil, who we opposes here. You know, I thought he had generally been running in poor races, but no, every inch future Grand National horse stayed really really well he's a right favourite to back that up off a £7 higher mark which I don't think he's particularly harsh <sighs> again I can fully see the case for the second play, uh, the second in the market the two amigos and he'd probably be a fractional pick for me you know he was fourth in this race last season uh, off a £2 lower mark but has done really well this year Ran behind, not a chance. First time up at Bangor, giving him £10. He's now getting away from not a chance, getting free. And, you know, then placed twice behind Secret Reprieve, who we know is now, a, you know, a mid-140s horse. The two amigos chased him home last time out, giving him uh, £8 in the Welsh National. Gone up two for that. I still think 144 is workable. He jumps all day, the two amigos. Fantastic jumper. Drafts rather well. And more often than not, runs his race in this sort of, in this sort of event. I think five to one is very, very fair. I think you're almost guaranteed your money back for him to finish in the first three if you're backing each way. Fair enough. I, I, I respect the two amigos. He, he turns up to these sorts of races. Like, you know, I've seen there's a few entries in this for the Ida. Um, they sort of strong stayers gallop jump really well and, and he fits that category Lord he'd, be, he'd be lovely in a national but they don't they don't want to go for it because he's small is that the reason yeah he's, apparently he's tiny so they don't think he'd uh, he'd get over the fences but Tiger Roll's not big you know yeah. I'd say go for it he's sometimes it, big, no sometimes it can be an asset if you, if, you, if you get over them nimbly and efficiently and he's a very very uh, sensible jumper, the two amigos. You know what I mean? Rather efficient. He actually fell in this race two years ago. Uh, but that's the only time he's fallen in his career. Yeah. 
So I'd run him in a national if he were mine, but it's not going to happen. So I'm sorry. Lord O'Neill's a horse who I've banged on the drum for a long, long time. He goes well on this on this ground. He goes well on the course. Uh, he's three pound above his last winning mark when last winning this race. Um, Paul O'Brien gets on really well. He has. I tell you what, he ran better than his actual result in the second this season over two five. I'm not exactly sure he's in love with the national fences. Um, he plodded on in the Welsh National, and I watched him, and he didn't necessarily jump with as much fluency as he did last season. Um, hopefully, he's been restrained slightly this season. We saw, seen to his best effect last season, pinged out in front and, and made all, and you saw what he did in the National Chase. He, ju- he jumped for fun, and um, that's that's his asset, really. Jumping, going a decent clip. He is... He is being slightly disappointing this season, but that's helped his handicap mark. He's down to a mark of 149. Um, won this off one, one, three, uh, 147. Um, I, I, I think that he's got a chance in this at 10s. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that completely. He will get international. Uh, Lord do many. Uh Nothing else particularly of interest here. Akil's been running more good races and bad recently. He's not taken much racing across his career uh, for one of his age, but he's he's got a fair enough chance as well at an each-way price. But yeah, I I, I quite like the two amigos. I, I, I think they're not a chance of one for him to beat, though. And uh, there's not much between them in the market. I don't think there'll be much between them in the day, but a slightly bigger price tentative vote for the two amigos. Fair enough. Uh, the rest of the Haydock card, uh, Nassalam and Mon Miral take each other on in that juvenile hurdle. That's normally the Victor Ladorum, I think, is it? Uh, it's got a sponsored name now, but it should be, I guess, a, ju- a juvenile hurdle. Like Haydock, it must be the Victor Ladorum. And Nassalam, Mon Miral, Progressive, and Ellen Valley. Tidy little affair, that. Uh, there's the prestige novice hurdle, a grade two for which meet conditions favourite for young book, Alaphilippe, beat the bullet, Mr. Harp, also in that. Uh, I don't really want to go in depth into that, Jim, because I don't really care about long distance staying novice hurdles at this time of uh, this time of year, unless you're interested. No, not really. Uh, you are interested in a horse in the Potemps, though. Rarely. Potemps qualifier, you've got one. It's a the Potemps races, as people know, are races I severely despise. But Captain Moore, start again. Captain Moret, who runs in this for Sue Smith, fourteen to one. I feel's been a bit of a plot job for this race, and we all know how much of a Potemps is. Now Sue Smith targets this race. She had the second in twenty nineteen and the second in twenty twenty with Silver Eclipse. She's won this race in twenty sixteen with Mister Moonshine. Uh, a horse he's beginning to pick up with a bit of form recently. He's a course winner round here, if you go back, three starts back, where he won off a mark of 130. Now now he's off a mark of 129 after some disappointing uh, chase performances. Back over hurdles here, I think 14 to 1 is a very, very good price about him. Um, like I said, the, the stable seem to be top targeting this race. I went back as far as 2008, 2000. 2007 to try and find any more stats to try and link into this. But Captain Moret is a horse that's 
he's towards the end of his... Well, he's a now a nine-year-old, but it's Tony have had six starts over hurdles and three of them have, of them have been wins. I think brings into the race fairly nice form. Um, was thought of early on in career champion hurdle, uh, Scottish champion hurdle. Um, finished behind some nice horses in beginners chases, some of boy. Back into a handicap here after being slightly disappointing in in races or offences. I think hurdles is more of his game. I think 14 to 1 is an outstanding bet. Fair enough, mate. I can see the case and I like the case. So we'll go he, will be, he will be appearing at the end of the rating the races. Lovely to hear. Uh, briefly, mate, the Kingwell at Wincanton song for someone. 5 to 4 to turn over Goshen at 5 to 2. 72 and have a whole pass. 10's friend or 414's SB Delage. And 500 to 1. Calgary Tiger. Who will win a handicap. Mm. If Mr. De Best Turner decides to run him in a sensible race for once. <laughs> for, for the man who is, you know, consistently called the worst trainer on the planet. <laughs> he's got a horse who has some ability. Yeah. I agree. I, I can't believe that the, the grade two Kingwell hurdle, we had, the first thing we're talking about is Calgary Tiger. I do think there's a good handicap. He could win a handicap off him. His novice runs have been interesting. Heavy ground, strongly run, that's what he enjoys. So please run him in a race that's suitable for him. Yeah, there's some good fun. He went really well against Sprinter Sacra in a bumper. Uh, Sprinter Sacra, Flinter Sacra in a bumper last year. And he ran a fantastic race. Uh, behind Galil two starts ago <sighs> just really strange placing from the bloke uh, song for someone though Jim solid consistent likeable won this last season and the one they have to beat and I echo everything you said I, I think that he has the main form chance in this Goshen as we know was devastating in what was going to be that champion uh, triumph hurdle last year until Obviously, we all know what happened. His form on the flat hasn't been that good. Defibrillating heart last time. He tried. It wasn't Jim. Have you seen? Have not? you seen uh, what the uh, the Moors have said? Was the vet advised maybe to have a look, saying that could have been a possibility? They brought him home and they found nothing. Right. Mm. That was in the that was in the news earlier in the week. Maybe, that, maybe. He, he he it wasn't a physical issue for him at Cheltenham. Well. He, he was very keen at Cheltenham, and we know he is a fairly keen horse. But he travelled into the race fairly well enough, I thought. It was just coming round the, the bend for home where he just emptied. Um, they don't want to run him on heavy ground, but they've got no choice now if they're going to run him in the champion hurdle. He's a, he's a horse that I'd be willing to look to take on no matter, no matter what he was doing, and... Song for someone is the complete opposite of him. He he tries, he's consistent, he runs well, he jumps well. You feel like he can stay a bit further as well, which might be useful. It'd be interesting to see what campaign they do with him. Um, they might go to Cheltenham for the champion hurdle or go saving for the entry for, for the two-mile four hurdle. Um, you might as well run him in both, mate. He, he's had an impeccable season so far. Small runner races suit him a lot more, and he has a bit more tactical speed. Uh, Navajo Pass upset the odds against Bouvedere last time at Haydock, and you want to see him do that again. And 
I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I was quite impressed by what he did. He still smashed Bally Andy by a fair amount, who's normally the, a fairly rock-solid, ultra-consistent type. I'm disappointed that Miranda isn't in this, because I think I think she could have picked up third. If you chuck Gorshin into this, you never know how he's going to perform. She's better than friend or foe, and on current form, she's better than Esprit de Lage, who's had an awful season. Um I think it's a, it would have been a very placeable Kingwell. Um, however, she's not here. Song for someone, fair enough, five to four. I think he's he's, he's a nigh on banker for the weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as banker, but I agree that he's a very very solid player. I also agree that I would consider Navajo Pass to be a bigger threat. And Goshen on what they've done this season, especially with Navajo Pass at a bigger price. He's progressed well this year. Don't think there was a fluke about him winning the uh, new one hurdle last time out. Although, obviously, you know, Goshen would have absolutely slaughtered him last time. But they met in the triumph. But it's when a horse empties as quickly as Goshen did that I find really, really hard to get over. Hmm. And I'm not surprised he thought it might have been something physical. Mm. But that's that's the one thing I really find it hard to forgive until I see that they're past it. And until I see Goshen finish a race off, I can't be siding with him. So for someone, very solid. Uh, before we go into the nap comp gym, just a bit of a general roundup of other stuff at the weekend. The Red Mills trial's a good race. I think I might have one of my nap comp in that uh Closer Blaine taking on Jason the Militant Six Shooter, Durasso and Petit Mouchoir. Uh, the Red Mills Chase is a grade two. It's not a very good one, though, but Annibal Fly makes his seasonal reappearance in there up against Castle Grace Paddy, Mix, Spyglass Hill and the Mayor Salsaretta. And on the Sunday, Jim, I say we talked about Super Saturday at Newbury on the last podcast, so we're not going to go too much in depth for it. Uh, we both kind of agreed that we liked Soaring Glory for the Betfair hurdle. He's 6-1 to one now. I was half keen on Milt Hood as well. Uh, and we both also gave a good mention to guard your dreams, didn't we? So I think the ground might be turning against him now. It seems to be better ground at Newbury, which I think brings Milt Hood into the race. We are, for a, a big change, we are in agreement with a lot. I think I think the better ground will also suit Soaring Glory. It wasn't a I wasn't negative on the fact that it, it was heavy because I think he he has bits and pieces of form on heavy, but I think his action to me looks like he's a better ground horse. Um, so I am edging a slight bit more towards Milkwood and Edward Stone now the ground's a, a bit better. I know he has one. He's another horse who's got good form on soft and heavy ground, but I, I feel like he's a better horse on better ground. Fair enough, mate. Uh, the Denman Chase obviously lost in translations in there. Jim was very, very keen on him. Uh, there aren't final decks, and his plan probably is the one to beat, but it's not a race I'm particularly well invested in. It, it won't be a betting one for me, given that I think everything kind of has at least something to prove. Yeah. How he's lost. He's, he's, he's looking well and ready to go. Hopefully he can put up a, a, a pretty uh, dominant performance. Brush land this over side. He's, he's, I don't think I'll back him, but I will be cheering him home strongly. Um, 
hopefully he can get show somewhat of his form from last year. I think Newbury will suit him, and hopefully the better ground will bring out a bit more improvement. And I'm I'm just really looking forward to seeing him, man. I put up Fanny on Desperval as my pick in the game spirit last week. Obviously, the dimensions of this race are really going to change. Or what did you make of Champ running over two miles? Ridiculous. It, it's it's lunacy. I think is the word to say. I, I, I don't see why. Why? What's the need to do it though? Why? Why have they decided to do this? Because you reckon he'll have a hard race in the Denman. But do you not think he'll have a hard race in this? He'll be pulling Nico de Boville's arms out the whole way around. But do you reckon he'll pull? Nico will just scrub him along, won't he? No. I think. If anything, he's got himself outpaced in an RSA. He's got to be more street-wise with his jumping over two miles because they'll go a quicker tempo. He won't. I don't, I don't think he'll pull. I don't think he's quick enough to pull in this race. If he does pull, that might see him actually go a fairly nice gallop. Uh, I don't think it's as absurd as... Well, it is absurd. And if it were mine, it'd never cross my mind. But I don't think it's as awful an idea as people are making it out to be. I do think he's a stayer, though. And if he runs in the free, I think that's a good prep. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see improvement in his jumping. And this is into open company now. I know it's not a necessarily as good a race as the Denman, but... I'd like to see improvement. I'd still stick with my boy Grenatine. I, th- I still think there's a bit of improvement to come. I, ho- I think he's. I'm hoping that he's grown a bit and sort of matured a bit. Nichols has kept him off since December. I think he just needs a bit of time. Uh, coming from France, straight off, he's been sort of sent to to war, and a bit of time off might have just done him the world of good. I, I still retain the faith in him, and I still think he's a prize for the uh, for the champion chase. Yeah, that's fair enough. I agree that Grenatine is the right favourite. I just think at four times the price, I don't think there's that much difference in terms of ability between uh, Grenatine and Fanny and Desreval. Imagine if he was four times as good as Fanny and Desreval, though, that would give him a rating of about 600. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's something that is funny. Uh, that, sounded really, that sounded really sarcastic. I realised that when I said that. It's all right, Jim. I've got enough. I've got enough faith in myself. It's all right. Uh, just general other. Well, I'm going to say nonsense on the Sunday, which sounds really disrespectful to all the other courses. Uh, the Sydney Banks is at market raising this year. Uh, you know that produced Shishkin last season. Probably won't produce a horse as good this year. Manila Drama is jocked up for that as well. Uh, he nearly won the Rossington Main last time out. In fact, slightly. Probably disappointing that he didn't win that, given how wrong Favoir did everything up the home straight. Uh, Osmond Island, the 10 up on the Boyne Hurdle are happening, but we have no no entries. Well, we have entries, but no decks for them, so uh, hard trying to pick a winner. But a really, really solid weekend racing uh, across the two days, across Britain and Ireland. The last one really before Cheltenham. Nap comp time now, mate, I reckon. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm fit and raring to go. Captain Moret in the Potemps qualifier at Haydock, 14 to 1. We're going straight in. Um, I've, I've mentioned the reasons. I'm really looking forward to him running in that. Next best, Soaring Glory in the Betfair Hurdle. I think the better ground will suit him. 
I think he's got a beautiful handicap mark and it's ready to be exploited. Uh, and the reserve will be song for someone in the Kingwell. I think he'll take all the beating. He's so consistent, jumped so well, had a perfect season, and I think he's a cracking price as well. Fair enough, mate. I am going to nap Master Tommy Tucker to win the Ascot chase. Ooh. Uh, he's a bet. I really think at that price, he's a bet. Because he's clearly the second best horse in the race. And the horse with the best form in the race has been bad more often than he's been good in his odds of 100 to 30. Yes, please. Uh, watch him fall at the first now. Absolutely guaranteed. Uh, my next best... I just found it as well, as well. I'd, so I should write notes. I should write notes. Uh, my third pick was going to be Petty Mouchoir in the Red Mills, getting weight, of course, Sublime and Jacob the, uh, Jacob the Militant. That's not a horse. Jason the Militant. Who <laughs> uh, is a horse I have a hell of a lot of time for, by the way, Jason the Militant. But he, needs, he probably needs a career best uh, to give £6 to Petit Mouchoir and beat him here. And my next best I had found, and I was about to say, was it at Wincanton? No, it was both planning the novice chase at Haydock. We got there in the end. <laughs> uh, the first at Haydock for him to uh, concede weight all round and beat Marone. And all the rest of them. He's got to be better than a 138 horse bowl plan. I can see him winning something like the Paddy Power Gold Cup next season. Good animal for Evan Williams. Fair enough. That was probably the worst I've ever done in that comp. <laughs> it was the most awkward. <laughs> it was certainly it was certainly horrific. Definitely. Uh, thanks for coming, Jim. Thanks for hosting once again. Hope we all enjoyed this preview podcast and uh, let us know if if you want to see another jocked off well, well we certainly can have another one in the pipelines um, anything else to add Lou? Uh, no we'll get our Cheltenham preview sorted soon as well we're going to uh, announce the guest lineup. hopefully within the week and then it preview time yeah get our heads down and get our Cheltenham caps on Thanks for rating the races as per for their support and thanks for you to listening to Turf Talker. Bless up and we'll see you in a bit. See you soon. Stay safe.